If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, how's it going? Good. We got cut off yesterday, so I'm hoping we can bring I it back know. because that's uh, that's just what happens. But um, I, I couldn't wait to hear like the actual topic that was that your um, scenario came from from yesterday. So if you didn't hear that yesterday, yeah. you should go back. Uh, but I, I think um, I think the topic itself is really fascinating because for some people it's it's revolutionary and for some people it's not. <laughs> Well, and I think that, um, I think it, I think it is revolutionary because I I don't see it happening a lot, but I, I hear, I'm hearing more and more people saying, gee, I wonder if we should be doing this. And so, um, and, and I have to say last year in season one, and I, you know, I, I can't remember which episode it was. And I think it came out of the, uh, the, uh, diocese of Covington in Kentucky, but someone wrote into us, a teacher wrote into us and said, Hey, at my school, we do this thing for math intervention. And we, it was like the third, fourth and fifth grade, all, all three grade levels work together and they would use their data. And like twice a week, they had bl- a block scheduled in where they could divide the students up based on a skill Mm -hmm. so that um, the teachers were then all teaching multi-age groups and they were all teaching a specific skill for whatever the students needed that week. And so they had them all broken up. um, And I think they had the interventionists were in there. So they had extra people. So they were smaller groups and it was just very targeted and data driven. And it was a great way to do intervention and, and meet all the kids where they needed to be. And at that time, I remember when we did that podcast at that time, we were like, this is fantastic. And then more and more, um, over the course of the last, it's been a little bit more than a year, probably since we recorded that episode, but I've been hearing that conversation right. in, uh, in different places around the country. Right. And, and of course we see multi-age. I mean, what does this ring true for you in a, in a multi-age setting anyway? I mean, this well, is it's wild because uh, even, even great. as you retold the, the Covington or, you know, like you gave a shout out right there to Covington, yeah. but this is one of the first classrooms I ever saw as an assistant superintendent. See, here's the thing. When you see it, you're like, oh, that makes total sense. But I know 
know. And I'm oh, sure yeah. that in last in last season when we first talked about this, I the first classroom I thought about was Our Lady of Consolation in Rockford. They the whole school has math at the same time. So the kids all move based on their data. It's just once a week they do it that way. But it's like an intervention time where okay. they all go to the to the right the right level for that concept. And so you suddenly are shuffling every elementary teacher into a smaller group so that kids are sitting there based on where their level is and you're getting a little bit of very targeted small group instruction and then and then you move on with whatever is your regularly scheduled math lesson but but for that time mm-hmm. it's a building wide intervention which makes it a tier 1 intervention because it's not every you can't pull out everyone yes. you're not pulling out everyone you're putting everyone at the right level some people can teach like that yeah. all the time and we call it multi-age instruction and other times it's like okay on Fridays we're going to do it this other way because we want to do a targeted intervention for this specific concept of uh, geometry or something so I we've yeah. talked about this a lot but what's funny is it re- mm-hmm. th- this is reminding me because yesterday we were talking about a teacher kind of hijacking PD or getting frustrated about something and having their aha moment it's really hard sometimes if it's different than how you've always taught, you have to see it because it's really hard to have someone describe something to you that you haven't seen. And I've had the luxury of seeing, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of classrooms. So it's, it's different than if I've already always taught in my one classroom, even if I've only taught in a few schools, maybe you only know what you know. So unless you've seen a video of it or you've visited a classroom with it, this is why like we've got to get out and watch each other teach. Even if there's like, even mm-hmm. if you don't even trust it, you're like, mm, that teacher down the hallway always gets all that praise. <laughs> I don't know what's going on down there. Just out of your own curiosity, you know, just genuine positive curiosity. Go see what's going on down there. Because, um, you know, it's if we only see each other on our planning times, it's not, it's not as efficient as going to watch someone who has this could be revolutionary thing, could be an innovative structure. But in this case, it's putting putting kids into their right-sized levels and then teaching them at that level, which is really strange if you've always only taught third graders chapter one and then chapter two and then chapter three, because let's face it, if you look at data, it doesn't really match up with what you should be doing. So, um, right. right. It comes out of looking at data though. Weren't you doing that? You were in your moment. It was because you're all staring at data and then you had a big aha. And that happens anytime you look at a data wall. So I I encourage you to just Google like a data wall um, structure. Because when you stare at your data or with some colleagues and your Uh true academic data, you realize you cannot teach the way you've always taught. If you thought that, hey, all fourth graders need this lesson about theme well, half the room already knew about theme and the other half doesn't know what you're talking about. So you ha- it's not the same as using a data-driven uh, teaching method. Yeah. And, and data itself, good, good data sets, they generate more questions. Sure. And, and the questions, so, you know, back to that moment where I witnessed a breakthrough with a teacher, it was like, there was moments of looking at Data. So it was a, a faculty of, of teachers and the principal was in the room as well and a group of interventionists. So we're looking at the data and the, that was what the question became. Like, this isn't, so what we're doing isn't, isn't moving the needle. Right. Like what we're doing isn't working is like kind of what the breakthrough became is, oh my gosh, what we're doing isn't working. Is there something we could be doing differently 
And the teacher herself came up with the solution to the problem. Like this, it was, it was such a beautiful thing to witness because sometimes it's, you know, you, you'll witness somebody just stating the problem and then getting really frustrated with the problem itself and being like, I don't even know how to overcome this problem. But the teacher, like in the same moment was like, well, I'm going to say something crazy, but like, what <laughs> if, just what if, if we, like, if I was able to send a few of my kids down to the grade below me and a few kids up to the grade above me and like, what if kids were being, you know, were leveled. And I was just like, oh my gosh, no, that's a thing. She's like, I know that sounds revolutionary. And I said, no, that like, that's a thing. (laughs) And maybe it is revolutionary in the context of people who are, you know, teaching in a traditional fashion, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and thinking about that, okay, at this grade level, this is what we do at this grade level, but we're looking at classrooms, every classroom I step into, it's this wide range of abilities. And so like, if you're, if you are teaching to the middle, um, you're probably frustrated because you've got to send a lot of kids out for intervention. So what you were saying earlier, Jill, about that, like the tier one, like tier one now has to include some tier two intervention. It has to. And okay. So let me think about this from a high school perspective for a second. So what's hard Uh is like, you can't, this turns into like crazy tracking if you think of it the wrong way at the high school level. Cause you think, yeah. okay, yeah, you're right. Um, well, I'll just send them down to actually, we we're just saying this. Like, we'll take, we'll send this down to the low English class or the regular or the advanced level. Mm. And you, that's not what we mean mm-hmm. either. But what can you do then? Mm-hmm. Let's say you can't send them anywhere, they're all still in that room with you. You can't teach yeah. the whole room the same way either. You have to think about them in two or three or four different groupings because they need to have different messages from you. Their growth as a learner looks different from each other. They don't all turn to page 10 together to read that whatever it is, that lesson together. Like they can't do that once you realize that there's a huge gap. There's always going to be a large range of your learners in front of you once you look at your data. But you can't just say, I have to send all those kids back to eighth grade. I'm going to send all those people on to advanced. Like you, you're going to have all these unique learners in front of you. And once you see that the data is unique, you can, you can go two routes. You guys, you could go, you could say, Oh, I can't teach like this anymore. This is crazy. Everyone's at a different level. Blame the pandemic, blame society, blame progress, whatever. Is how, how come half this, how come half these kids don't know anything and the other half are brilliant. Like you could blame that. Or you could just recognize that we know more about kids and learning now than we ever did before. And before they were just complacent. Now we actually know that their levels are different and we have to do something different about it and yes. be yep. okay with the fact that it looks different than how you, they taught you in undergrad. Because I'm telling you, this yeah. is not moved to the undergrad level. If it has, please connect nope. us to that professor because I have yet to see it happen. Um, I mean, maybe some people, but like I haven't seen it. This isn't how you're entering into your first year of teaching. Right. So exactly. So, um, yeah. So, and, and I I have to say like where I have seen, um, you know, where, where it's kind of working are in the mic, the multi-age micro schools. You have to, like you have fourth through eighth graders in the same room together. So, you know, you have to do something cool and innovative. There's also, Jill, not an intervention room to send kids to. So you are always, you're doing your tier two 
amongst your tier one and you're figuring out the methodology and how to do that. But, um, that's, we're going to halt right there. (laughs) (laughs) That is the bell. Um, wow. That conversation went fast, but thanks for the energy boost. We love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode. As we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers, we will see you next time.